just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, you. Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin with Meals. No, we're not at the Performance Center this week, but we are at home safely, away from all the dangers outside. What's going on, Meals? Uh, yeah. I feel like now I'm like you last week, where I was just like, <laughs> cheer the up, big guy. Yeah, and now I'm just like, <laughs> what is life? Like, how long, how much longer does this have to last? Forever, apparently. Oh, man. I'm I, I, I feel like the revival stuck in a WWE deal. It probably, right? <laughs> like, Corona extension, right? Like, <laughs> all contracts are frozen currently. Um, <laughs> that would be sick. Um <laughs> No, but, you know, I'm also wondering, just in my mind, just, you know, because it's pertinent to this podcast, I'm wondering how long WWE is going to keep up the charade. You know what I'm saying? What charade? Performance, the Performance Center charade of just like, about? what do you mean? The the, the shows, the, the continuing shows of like, we're playing a replay, then we have a match that means nothing, and then we have a segment that means something, and then we're going to well, it's mania. do it all again. It's mania. So they have a lot of opportunity to do something like that like i don't think the show is going forward after mania will, will look like this but you know they're work within working with the the limitations that they have i think that like i said last week them and AEW are doing a, a really bang up job with um not only just providing content that we can just get away from I, I thought last night's raw was definitely an escape for me but um just you know it's something to take your mind off of it again i can't really judge these shows too harshly against anything because like you know again because of these limitations but i think like people are 100 judging these shows harshly as well i know i know and and i'm seeing it and i'm like you guys have to chill out like you're not even consuming entertainment the same way right now there are movies that are, are missing the theater and going straight to tv right yeah. now so how are you judging anything based on that and, and i've seen it happening but you know i, I think as far as the, char- the charade of it of it going on like I'm not too mad at it. I, I thought that last night they picked a great match to show on Raw, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but like they, they picked mm-hmm. a great match, like two great old matches to show. Like like the last couple of weeks has been like, ah, eh, I skipped past it, but I did at least watch those two because those are those are two of my favorite matches um, within the last couple of years. But I think that as a whole, like there, you know, it's a mania season, so WWE is allowed to to kind of do this. I I would expect another feeling out process and another kind of getting it right process after this is over just to set things straight. But I, I got to that, de- you know, I got to appreciate the dedication to having these storylines still happen. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Um, it's just, you know, this time that we're living in, I'm just like so over it. I'm so over it's a it. Bummer. Maybe it's like me, my own American self is just like, I'm too used to doing things, leaving the house, freedoms, all types of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, yo, nothing's open. Even if I wanted to leave, where would I go? Um, so many thoughts are running through my mind. But you know what? We're here. I appreciate doing the show every week because the show is 100% an escape. And I hope you guys treat it as escape as well in terms of doing the show. But the show is 100% an escape. I look forward to it. Um, I love to do it. So, yeah. You know, 127 of them things, uh, and still rocking. Oh man, I put 128 in the file. Oh, is why. it? No, nah, it, it might be 128. I mean, you know, let's keep in count at this point. No, everyone <laughs> is. Everyone is. Let, let's talk about some things that will probably uh, brighten up your day a little bit, maybe. I mean, 
Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we'll brighten up somebody's day. Uh, let's okay. talk about two day mania. Uh, last week we were unsure. I feel like these things literally happen after we record the show. But last week we were uncertain about you know we knew it was coming to the performance center, but we didn't really know what exactly uh, was was going to happen or how they were going to do it. It was announced last week that mania would be as I think. Did, did we say this on the show or did we, I don't even think we predicted this? But it's something that was a conversation before the corona stuff even hit the u.s they need to break this this show up into two nights and they've they've done it um wrestlemania will be two nights the fourth and fifth of april saturday and sunday um the the card is pretty much filled out by next week obviously we're going to have our big prediction show huge prediction show and uh it's going to be two nights and i i think i can't think of anything that i'm more excited about in these times right now than having to see what they pull out of their hat for this because you know when their back is against the wall they usually do perform I'm praying there's no spoilers. That's all I'm praying for. I'm praying that no, nothing leaks, nothing, no clips, no videos, because, you know, in this two day WrestleMania thing, we also found out that they are filming WrestleMania this week, um, which is 100% a week earlier than they would normally, you know, do it. But I understand completely why. I mean, there's so many things you have to do. There's so many things, um, you have to take into account like editing and the promotion and then all these other stuff that they possibly don't have time to like do it live. Um, however, you know, the two day mania thing, I'm, I'm good with it. Um, considering how long WrestleMania is, but I never really, I minded how long WrestleMania was when it ends up being 12 something at night and people still aren't home. Like yeah. it, it, people still in the crowd. Like I felt last year for the people who went shout to Jamal who went, um, where people are literally stranded in New Jersey because the train, the, the whole system is shut down before midnight. And it's like, damn, that's crazy. For So for them to split it up into two nights, I think that's good. I'm not sure if they'll continue doing this moving forward, but I guess this year is kind of the guinea pig for that sort of situation. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, because I, I, it kind of like... It's interesting. I think that absolutely should happen or should have happened at this point with how big this show has gotten and how many people it reaches. I just think it kind of muddies, you know, the pricing aspect of WrestleMania. If they do, you know, go to it again next year in L.A., I think I'd be excited for a two day WrestleMania in L.A. But what will those prices look like? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking (laughs) as well, because, I mean, front row is front row. We're not shopping it in half because you're going one or two days. You're paying double for the amount. So you either want to see certain matches, you don't see certain matches. And I think that's definitely a way, that's definitely a major cash grab if they ever decided to do that because they've already implemented these process. And I say this for people buying WrestleMania tickets or, you know, just those big pay-per-view weekend tickets. I know they usually give the best seats when they actually, um, they give the best seats with the whole four day package thing of like SmackDown, NXT, you know, pay-per-view and then raw. So they kind of give the best seats with those type of things. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of go. They can package it a little bit, but WrestleMania, as long as it is, as long as this WrestleMania probably can be considering how many, I'd say high profile matches there are on this card. Um, it's definitely going to be, you know, quite a show, quite a show. Yeah. yeah and and they, they are, as you said, they are um, definitely shooting it this week uh, as well as NXT content, which they've shot last weekend, uh, which should be airing in the next couple of weeks. But it's also been announced today that all of the matches that were announced for TakeOver Tampa are going to be happening on April 1st, of course, Mania Week, on the USA Network. No details given uh, whether this will be a special three-hour event. I would imagine this would be the case with the uh, commercials that they do uh, show, but maybe they'll have some leniency and, and they're allowed to air it commercial-free. But I think the latter match alone will probably be 20 minutes. Um, I know whatever... I would feel it, the, the, the... The gist of the thing, it didn't say like starting on, I felt like it said starting on April 1st that these matches are going to actually start taking place, which makes me think that they're not all going to happen in the same week. Right. Like, I feel like they're going to happen and and maybe I could be wrong. I'm going to check right now, but I felt like they're going to happen over this. And, and it would just be the smartest thing to do over the next couple of weeks because at this the point, why even, yeah, why even waste all of that on one night? Um, but I think just in general, I mean, it's great for NXT. I kind of wish they snuck an NXT thing on WrestleMania. Just, you know. That, that car is huge enough. It's 16 matches at this point. So, 
I, I think I mean, we could have we could have we've could have done without you know the the matches that they've added on just recently. Well, Alistair Lashley should be fun. I think. I mean, there are reasons why those matches are happening. Uh, it was announced also Dana Brooke and uh, Rey Mysterio are actually quarant- they're, they're self quarantining right now. So well, it's a hard. report. I don't know. I don't was it. I don't know if it's been officially announced by the WWE, but it's definitely a report in terms of that. Um, I think I saw it on Fightful. Shout out to Sean. I'll mm-hmm. I'll give them 75, 80 <laughs> in, in terms of that being true. I, I'll just I'll act as if that may be the case. I, I thought it was because maybe Ray doesn't live in Orlando or in the Florida mm-hmm. area, and he probably just doesn't want to travel or he doesn't think it's safe to travel like that. That would be wild if he said, I'm not going to WrestleMania too far, too crazy right now. <laughs> nah, it's a dub. Um, so I would imagine that they have to be some sort of circumstances because it kind of does. I mean, the whole plans that they had kind of rolling forward. And I will wait until, of course, the very New York uh, police sirens pass by. Um, I mean, but, there should be no one outside. So why is, why is this happening? Listen, crime stops for no one. You know what I'm saying? Like, And also, it's like there's no traffic outside. How urgent do we really need to do to keep the sirens on? Yeah. Um, but you know what? Whatever. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, considering the whole plan that they had with Ray and and, and and Umberto and you know Andrade and Angel, kind of like throws a ring. I mean, I'm pretty sure it delays it. This is the program that seems to be going on forever. So it was like, what's another four months of great matches? So yeah, <laughs> F it. Uh, and I think uh, again, I I've had Alistair shoot into whatever title program that comes out of the the out of Mania anyway. So you want to put him on the card. He's looked strong for the past literal year so i mean obviously they have plans for him going forward and i think a lashley win of course beating a former another former champion will make it look good for whoever wins uh drew and uh brock after that so i think there there is big storyline implications of those two i would say if anything the elias match probably doesn't need to happen <laughs> or they could have no, swapped no, the nxt match no, out for that no. so i do agree Elias versus braun looks Elias on paper versus, itself. No, it's, no it's sorry, Elias not Braun. Versus, Baron. Yeah, Baron. Yeah, Baron. Yeah. Ugh. Elias versus Baron itself, just on paper. Like, you look at it, and you're if, like, if I they do it, it put this no. on TakeOver. If they go cinematic with it, and they do it in a bar, and it's like a like an old, like, ruthless aggression, Stone Cold Booker T in the supermarket. But I know that they can't do that because of the concerns of what's going on. So oh, yeah. that's the interesting part about this. Cause they did announce AJ and undertaker in a boneyard match. Is this in a, you know, do you want them rolling around in dirt? Like what's going to happen? Like I have no, clue I mean, I feel like you don't have to worry about social distancing at any time at some, at a boneyard, wherever yeah. that is. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. WrestleMania yeah. is shaping up. It's a two-day extravaganza. Saturday and Sunday should keep us occupied, should keep us preoccupied, should keep us entertained. Um, I think, w- once again, it'll be better than any of us actually think it is or what the actual internet believes it is. Um, there are people so complaining say, about this. and I mean, they are. They, they're complaining about, I think, the the ethics of it. Um I, well, here, the, here's the ethics, and I, and I felt the same way about AEW too. In that, like, well, well they had people in the crowd, and yeah. and I thought that was kind of like, uh, and WWE didn't do that, but it was reported, and I was able to independently confirm that they are testing them as soon as they get in to the as soon as they get into the to pc no one else is allowed in the pc except people that are going to be doing the show and they keep the talent down so like if you look at raw there was what like maybe 10 talents on the show period right. and yeah. it makes sense it, it, and they're quarantining point. them in a not quarantine i don't want to say quarantine but they have they essentially have a whole hotel kind of locked up yeah um just for them to keep them there as they're filming these Raws, these SmackDowns, these WrestleManias, these NXTs. So they're doing their best at least to keep them away from, I guess, society, yeah. but also like, uh, you know, continue to take care of their stars to provide the best shows. Because I think that's been a, not to get into real news or anything like that, but I think that's been a concern of quite a couple of people I've seen on the internet thus far. It's like, maybe these policemen, maybe these hospital people should be, have hotels or something. Mm-hmm. So because of all the 
close quarters they are with people and et cetera like that, like they could catch something and they could carry it and they can continue to spread it. So maybe they should be quarantined as well. But, you know, I love what WWE is doing. AEW, I'm like here or there because the thing is, like last Wednesday, I watched the show. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Like I really did enjoy it. I thought the atmosphere was very light. Um, It felt like a one-off thing. So I'm interested in how they kind of replicate that um, this week. But the whole kind of gist of what Cody was saying was like, we're not afraid. Like, we don't stand down to these type of things. And I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, bro, this isn't, this isn't bullying. This isn't like something, this is a virus. This is dangerous stuff. This isn't something that we're standing up towards. And it's like, yes, of course, you know, you don't want it to necessarily cripple you, but again, you have to, once again, make sure that you get across the precaution of it. Um, don't talk about it, it sound, at all. Like, fuck yeah, that. No, don't talk about it. It sounds at all. like no, but it sounds like he's advocating like go outside. Don't even worry about this. That's what it sounds like he's advocating to me. And I know we rag on AEW a lot, but I personally no, we don't, we don't talk about AEW on this show. Well, yes, of course not. But <laughs> but we do. But I think just in general, it sounded like he was advocating like don't even be paralyzed by the fear of this virus. And I'm like, it's not necessarily being paralyzed, but it's taking the right precautions so you don't end up in a situation where you can lose a family member. This is very serious type of stuff. So um, that's how I felt. But over then trotting out Jake the Snake, who was like 60 and at risk. But yeah, yeah. trying yeah. out a lot of people, you know, little Brody Lee, little Matt Hardy, little all these other things. Yeah, I don't, um, I, don't I don't watch that. Uh, it was a good show. It was a good show. I'll say that. Go ahead. I mean, I, I guess we got to talk about another bummer, bummer moment, bummer thing that we were going to go long form on. Uh, you, hit, you hit me up yesterday, uh, which I was already planning to watch this anyway. But uh, you want to watch Dark Side of the Ring. The uh, Chris Benoit episode, which was premiered early, uh, the first half of it, the first 44 minutes, I believe, uh, on YouTube from Vice's channel. Uh, as This was the first episode of Dark Side of the Ring I had ever watched. I didn't watch season one of this. Um, didn't get a chance. You to and I are the same because I had not watched it neither. <laughs> yeah, I, I had. There's just I think it's just so much content to take in every week. And you, I know you feel the same as, as well as everything else I have to watch. One more wrestling documentary. Yes, it will break me. Um, so like I have to like break everything up. Uh, so I did have the time. Obviously, we all have, we have the, all the time in the world to to check this out and uh, talk about this long form. Um, it's it is. I think for you know this has happened ten years ago, but I, I think for for everything more than ten years ago, yeah. You know, for everything that's happened with this, I watched this and. You have so many emotions, and I don't know if you'll back me up on this, Mills, where it's like like, like genuine intrigue uh, about the story of Chris Benoit, and then you have genuine concern, and then by the last 10 minutes, it's genuine horror. And that's how I, that was the roller coaster of, of me watching this. I think just in general with me watching it, I think I just felt very gripped by it all. Like, kind of just like my heart was gripped more than anything. Um, because of all the players that were kind of in this documentary and the events that were told. And trust me, as a wrestling fan, as someone who has continued to actually like, I've listened to quite a bit of information, quite a bit, absorbed a lot of information regarding the reports on this, the interviews on this, the testimonials on this, everything like that. So it's not something that I haven't heard before, but kind of hearing it and seeing it um how it's portrayed, um, seeing the actual people involved kind of give their testimonies and kind of like really kind of break it down with their voice from it. It's it's a lot. It's a lot to actually watch and it's a lot to contain. Um, but it is it, it's it's gripping emotionally from a standpoint of it really tugs at your heartstrings and it's also gripping like wow, this is crazy. This is maybe one of the craziest stories in American history that's not really given enough attention. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the people that the, the players that were behind it. There's there's a small cast of people um, that talk about this or that are uh, that are displayed on this show. Um, we talked about this also. I do feel like there needed to be a couple more outside voices other than just his pals. Um, I know how tough it is to get a William Regal interview or anyone that's within the WWE wheelhouse, so to speak. Um, but I do feel like they will a lot not of talk about it. Yeah, they're not going to talk. And I get it. I understand that's something that they haven't touched and they're never going to touch. 
But I think that I, I feel uncomfortable with the Jericho stuff. I'm not going to lie because it wasn't too long ago on his podcast where he was essentially a truther for this and he's never stopped really being a truther for it. And I, I understand that was his friend and they were close, but I also feel as though there's a, there's a section or a side to him that just won't really accept the fact of what he did. I have various thoughts about this one. I 100% agree with you about the outside voices. And I think, you know, what's weird is that I know WWE won't ever talk about it. They just won't. And I think a lot of people involved to this day, I was listening to a couple of Bruce Pritchard stuff and like, he's just like, he just refuses to talk about it. Like he talked about it a little bit on his podcast, but nothing in depth. They, they talked about when they actually received the news that, you know, Chris Benoit had murdered his son and his wife. And they, and they talk um, about it on Dark Side of the Ring, too, and, it, and it, it matched up. Yeah, so they said that they pretty much found out at the last part of the show. Um, but I do think there needs to be, you know what, it doesn't need to happen. But I say I would probably appreciate, and I know my appreciation doesn't really much mean much in this sort of situation. It's like selfish for my own part, because there are a lot of people with personal relationships with Chris Benoit that probably feel certain ways, especially about talking about this. People who have kids on their own who feel affected by this, people who have, you know, relationships with Benoit who feel affected by this. But I would really genuinely love to hear kind of the testimony of how things happened in the WWE on that day. Because there's a there's a part of the story that we're all hearing and seeing from Chavo and 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 you know Jericho and all this other stuff, but it doesn't really kind of explain the court the kind of pandemonium that it was on that day in the WWE, which I think offers another side, and it can offer a thing of like, did they see this coming? Is this something that they could have prevented? Like, or, or, or a lot of. It. And I want to tap into that. I'm sorry, but no, go ahead. Do you remember, like, let's tap into, we've never talked about uh, Benoit no. on, on no. this podcast. Do you remember the day that it happened? Yes, I remember. I remember the day that it happened and I remember the day of the Raw. I remember, well, you talking about the Raw day or the pay-per-view day? The, well, the pay-per-view day is different from he the Raw day. Right? Yeah, he just didn't show yeah. up. And, and I don't think on that Sunday I thought anything of it. I knew that it was supposed to be him and Punk. For yeah. the for the, it was the I think it was like championship for the ECW championship, and I was like, this is going to probably be one of the best ECW matches that they've done yeah. so far. Because they're moving him to ECW to kind of help revitalize the brand in a sense, um, or add a couple more star power to the actual brand itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And much like they did with Finn Balor in, in NXT, and I remember the joke was in forums. Oh, he he didn't show up because he's pissed about being in in ECW. Right, and, and I and I was like, well, you know what? Like back in there, I'm like, well, you know what, man, I, I feel him on that. Mm-hmm. Then the next day, I remember that the next day, I I had a, my first day. I was working at the airport. I that that following day was my high school graduate. Wait, holy shit! So like, that's how I remember that day. Yeah, I I got it was my first day, and I got fired that day. <laughs> the airport guys <laughs> the airport because like because i wasn't i was like i'm not i'm not coming here at 5 a.m and they were like well we don't need you and i was like okay well can i still get the check for my training and they're like yeah we'll give it to you right now so they, they gave me like like 300 dollars, and i left well there you go listen that's just that's a great check but i remember seeing the news I, of course be, being very emotional about it because at that point, we got it all at once. We had him and the family gone. Mm-hmm. And then we were watching, I was watching the Raw, and I'll never forget this. I haven't seen this Raw since, but I'll always remember at around nine o'clock, the testimonials got a little different. Mm-hmm. It, it, they stopped. I think Regal is the one that I always talk about, where Regal wasn't, he was talking about the character, remember? And he wasn't really talking about the man. And Regal yeah. had no tears in his eyes. And I said, well, I was like, even at the time, I was like, that one was weird. And then the testimonials like stopped. And then 930, that's when we found everything out as the WrestleMania 20 match was happening on TV. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, 
I remember that day specifically. I mean, I remember coming home from high school graduation and just kind of like, okay, I'm going to settle in, watch Raw. I don't got to go to school no more, so whatever. Um, and then this whole sort of situation happened and they broke the news. And I'm like, damn, because at that time, I just remember really appreciating the wrestler. That was Chris Benoit. I wouldn't say he was probably one of my favorites, but I remember it was just like that guy delivers every time. And his intensity, his pugnacity, everything moving forward, it's just like incredible. Mm-hmm. Um and then getting to the Raw and they're going over all the matches and they're going over all the moments and stuff like that. I didn't pick up on it like you did. I never picked up on it. I remember the news breaking, mm-hmm. um, but I never picked up on it in terms of like a shift in the actual show. But I do remember the news happening before the show actually ended and it kind of ended on this grim note. And then the following night on ECW, um, where Vince McMahon had that announcement at the top of the show um, because he said, due to all the things that have kind of happened and everything that has taken place, we canceled Raw. No, he, he said, well, they canceled whatever storyline of him being blown up, but well, I mean, they canceled the actual show though. Like the actual raw, like they canceled the, the live show. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. 100%. There was no one in the arena. They still had raw, but it was just clips of a show. But the following night on ECW it was like, we're no longer talking about Chris Benoit ever on WWE program again. Yep. That was the kind of gist of it. And I remember just being like, wow, this is insane. And then I think for the months after, I mean, this was a news. I still don't think as big of a news thing that this is, was in the world of professional wrestling. I don't think this was a big enough news item in America itself because it kind of once everything started kind of flowing out because you don't think it was big you don't think it was big in america i i know because we still haven't remember that we still haven't we still haven't learned our lesson and i think and i and i say this i think it wasn't as big it was initially big because it was from the standpoint of wrestling is killing all of these wrestlers early because of drugs and something and wwe isn't doing anything about it and then when they did the autopsy and found out all the stuff about his brain and the concussions and all this other stuff like that i don't think that america itself has taken it seriously at all considering how football is still the way it is how boxing the way is still the way it is how ufc all these other things i mean you watch a ufc main event the other day and someone's head looks like they've just been crammed together like to me, just in America in general, in terms of, and that's kind of what I hoped. And we haven't watched part two yet, but part two will be airing tonight. So by the time this airs, part two will have already aired. But I think just in general, the whole CTE and investigation on CTE, I, I think isn't, that I think that WWE definitely started taking concussions a lot more seriously. Oh yeah. For sure, for sure. WWE did, but I think America as a whole, no. This almost killed them. This almost definitely destroyed anything going on. Yeah, like this this was, like people were talking about this coronavirus stuff. And they'll take take this, what's happening to us right now, over a thousand Crispin Walls. They'll they'll do this every week if they have to. The Crispin Wall thing had people from the past showing up on MSNBC with Nancy Grace. It had all types of stuff going on. I think, okay, maybe not as big of an American issue. Obviously, it was on the front page for like a week. But as far as wrestling, people looked at... Oh, yeah, wrestling, huge, yes, 100%. This this almost shut everything down. Like This was literally like the most heinous thing that you could literally think of that could happen within, you know, within this type of, uh, you know, this type of entertainment. And I think from there you, you had, you know, the Chris Nowinski's coming in and, and the, the, the impact testing that they do and that they take so seriously now. And this is even before we, you know, we've seen the second part. I don't know how they're going to frame the changes that were made after that, because they've only, they only touched on very small parts of him being hurt. Like they, there's one part where uh, Jericho mentions that he went to Eddie's funeral, which is the, the Eddie part, you know, kind of is over the 20 minutes of this documentary and how this. Affected yeah. Because it's a, it's, it's framed as the, a large part of his grief leading up to the final moments that he had. And it's framed in that way. And I only say framed in that way because I, this is all kind of what people believe who have been close to him is that Eddie's death, Eddie Guerrero's death completely broke him just spiritually, you know, emotionally everything like he he, he's just a grown man sobbing uncontrollably after just being someone who was so it seemed devoid of emotion 
in general, but is just like sobbing, you know, largely and intensely um, because he, his friend, one of the people who helped him out when he needed help and helped him, it was just a great friend and all just died. And I mean, Eddie's death, major shockwaves in the WWE in terms of drug testing and things that they still implement to this day, you know, performance and wellness testing, um, all these other stuff. But it had a massive, it's framed that it had a massive impact on Chris Benoit. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm iffy on the way that it was framed because it kind of, it kind of opens the door. It's like, okay, and this is why he did what he did. Right. And I was just going to say that, like, are they making... It's it's a it's a slippery slope and a very thin line to walk where you're saying he did this because he was sad. Yes, there is a mental health aspect to this. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But there's also a a medical side to this as well. Like one thing I was going to say, like that jumped out to me was that he never took time off. So even after the funeral, he still went to Europe that next week. Like I'm wondering how to Europe were, that later that day. Yeah. Like, like they all went to Europe. And Jericho was like, well, he never took days off and you'd think he'd want to take a day off. These are the things that, you know, mental health wise, they need to talk about. And I hope they talk about in part two. But it's like you you, you kind of walk a, like, again, a very thin line between you don't want to make his actions seem as though he was like. It's a human I, kind of. Uh, yeah, like sympathetic towards it. Right. Because. It, I mean, what he did was, I mean, he eventually killed himself, but what he did, having the ability to kind of do that to people, it's not right at all. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, and, you know, I think just in general, there's a debate on the timeline and I know it was between, you know, whoever it was between, I won't, I won't say their names, um, there's a debate on the timeline of whether the story actually needs to be told. And I think the story definitely should be told. I don't think it should be framed in a way of, you know, he did this because of, it was like Eddie's death was, you know, the reason why he did this thing. I think it should be kind of a lesson from mental health and a lesson of CTE and a lesson of the effect that, all these sports and all these things can have on a person's brain. So I think mm-hmm. we all learn something from this as opposed to kind of like sympathizing and humans humanizing this, like essentially it's monstrous thing that he did. I mean, hear the actual, I don't think they're going to say the, I haven't seen part two. I mean, I haven't seen part two. I don't think they're explicitly going to say what he did, but when you hear the actual things that happened of him, you know, it wasn't just a one day thing. He killed someone on Friday. He killed someone on Saturday and then he eventually killed himself on Sunday. Yeah. Like it's, it's a lot of, it wasn't, it's not something where to me, it's as clear as this happened because of that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. The, the, The true details are like gruesome as hell. Yeah. If you ever listen to it or watch it. So I'm always kind of conflicted. I personally, when watching this documentary, um, I felt bad for Nancy's sister because Nancy is not someone who is talked about a lot when it comes to this sort of situation and the unfortunate situation that happened to her and their son. Um, I feel that, bad for no, the, the son, bro. Like, I feel bad for Daniel Benoit entirely after watching this. And it, and and it's weird because here's a kid who's passionate about professional wrestling, who's always passionate about professional wrestling. And it's kind of like a dream deterred. And it's like, you want to make it to the highest heights that you ever could and make it in WWE one day, but there's no chance that they will hire him because of what was done. And then also when you take a look at the trauma and the just everything that kind of happened, having to deal with it, having to live with it, having to know the details, having to kind of wrestle with the fact of like what your father has done, who he was. Does that change for you who he was? Does that like so many different things like and just having to continue to brave every day with a face? I don't know if I would be able to do it. I think the Uh, part that, that kind of struck me the most was when he had, uh, 
when when he had his younger son and they showed videos and pictures of that and how happy he was and that crushed me man that was that was the toughest part and i, I believe his son had a uh disease as well and you know that's when it was like I, the anger came back and i was like mm-hmm. you know what man that that child never got to live a life right but, um yeah enough of that bummer stuff uh i, I didn't i think just in in terms of just to kind of close it off i'll, I'll close it off here um I think it's a story that needs to be told how it's going to be told. We still have to remain to see. We're going to watch the second part tonight. Um, but I'm still, to me, this is still one of the like stories that should have been bigger America and nationwide. And I think it was big wrestling wise because it almost brought down wrestling and everyone who wanted to bring down wrestling tried to bring down wrestling all after the fact. But I don't think enough people actually learn from the story. And I think it should be as big as, you know, the OJ thing. And I think it should be as big as the Aaron Gordon thing. And Aaron Hernandez, sorry. Yeah, um, it was like Aaron Gordon. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, t- I mean, yes. It's <laughs> but I think it should be as big as those type of things because this is a major deal. Like, this is huge in terms of everything that happened and everything that happened afterward. So that's all I can say about that. Let's talk about something that happened on April 3rd, 2016. We're nearing the four-year anniversary uh, of WrestleMania 32 from the AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas for our final Mania moment of the year. I really want to talk about this this one match. I really too. We I, we can get to the, this match though. The Undertaker versus Shane McMahon in a Hell in a Cell match. If, if Shane win, he would gain control of Raw, and if the under and the Undertaker, uh, he wouldn't be if able he to. Lost, if he, he lost, no he would, yeah. If he lost, he couldn't compete at WrestleMania, WrestleMania anymore. Now. I remember the 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 night after uh, what was it? What what pay per view was it? The, it was the night after Ro- was it Roadblock? No, it was the night after Fastlane. Like Fastlane. It was something early February, of course. Where uh, Shane McMahon came back, and I'm sorry, he got one of the biggest pops of all time. Like mm-hmm. I've never heard a pop like that ever before. And then we we got a really cr- kind of crazy storyline where he wanted to take control of raw from Vince, which let, you know, this, which would lead to a summer of one of the most hilarious summers on wrestling Twitter in general. Let's just be honest with you. Like the, the, the brand split in the, in the late 2010s was one of the funniest weeks. <laughs> I have ever had the pleasure of, of knowing any of you guys that I follow on Twitter, <laughs> but uh, we had to get to this match to get there. It was a 30 minute match where it was mostly just Shane taking bumps and the undertaker walking real, real slow. Yeah, the, the, didn't the, the, look up to the hype. <laughs> the, no, the genesis of this match was interesting because it kind of just seemed thrown together. Because legitimately, in the same breath of Shane McMahon returning, within 15 minutes, he was booked against the Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania. Because um, they had nothing. They they didn't have they Rock that year. They they didn't have. Yeah. The, the biggest thing they had, and of course this happened right after the Royal Rumble, uh, where Triple H won the WWE title. <laughs> right. So it was just like, what are we going to do there? But it was, I mean, for those moments, I think for that month and a half, Shane McMahon was one of the biggest things in the WWE. That pop is still, to this day, amazing. Um, the match itself, I have not watched it since. Because I always felt like WWE was going to show it to me anyway. And we still have time. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> we still have next week where <laughs> we're going through four commercial breaks to get through this match. Um, but it's a, and, and it's weird because this is like this might be the first WrestleMania Shane McMahon's not wrestling on in quite some time. Right. Uh, yeah. He, he's actually he's done for the time being. Uh, I mean, just leading up to this, we, we, we also had. A very like it was a weird build, right? Like it, there were there was AJ had just debuted, and then they put him right against Chris Jericho. He beaten Jericho mm-hmm. uh, with the the knee bar uh, at uh, Fastlane, I believe, and then lost yeah. to Jericho at WrestleMania. Which there were some perplexing 
confusing ideas they did. I mean, they had the roadblock match, that that little one-off pay-per-view on the, on the network that had Triple H versus Dean Ambrose. Everyone or, or wanted Dean Ambrose in the title. Of course, he went in a little bit later that summer. Um, it's just a weird period of time for the WWE where they not only got some of their biggest acquisitions in Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles, but just creatively, it was almost like they were still trying to push out the old guard in a lot of ways. I mean, they, they introduced the women's title on this show. Uh, of course, you had Charlotte versus uh, Becky Lynch and Sasha to, to crown the first uh, women's champion there. Of course, Charlotte won that. And uh, I mean, as far as the show is looking at the card, Team Total Divas versus Team BAD. I remember that. Um, <laughs> Zach Ryder winning. Zach Ryder winning the IC title and losing it the next night. <laughs> I I remember this. I remember all of this. I think what they wanted to do for sure, and this is they were really trying to pack the card. I mean, this card is questionable in one hundred percent. They were really trying to pack the card because they're trying to fill up, trying to get over a hundred thousand people to fit in the stadium. Now, right. if you put this card to me on paper and says, "Can we get a hundred thousand people in here?" Uh, I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't know, you know. Um, we, had, we had Brock Lesnar and Dean Ambrose on this card, and it went 13 minutes, and it was one of the most tamest uh, no holds barred street fights I've ever seen. Well, it was originally it was originally supposed to be Brock Lesnar versus uh, Bray Wyatt, mm-hmm. but I think Bray got injured beforehand, so they managed to switch the thing to Dean, who Dean was actually red hot, and I think this Brock Lesnar ended up being the person who kind of like put an end to all that kind of like because Dean Ambrose going in a fast lane, he had that match or roadblock where he had that match against Triple H, he was on fire. He yeah. was the last two in the Royal Rumble. He had that match against Triple H for a WWE Championship. He, I think, the program itself leading up to it would lead you to believe that this match was going to get very, very extreme, considering it's a no holds barred street fight. Which is kind of un, you know, redundant, but <laughs> I mean, it didn't get there. The match definitely didn't live up to the hype. Apparently, Bray, Brock, Bray wasn't injured. Bray wasn't injured. Bray wasn't injured. You sure? Because no. I'm pretty sure he was. It was dropped. It was just dropped. Really? Yeah, I, they, I think that they were saying at the time Ambrose was just a hotter opponent after the after what you just mentioned, the, the Royal Rumble, and and to be fair, he was. Hmm. I always felt like it was a, it seemed like, uh, you know what? I can, I'll we'll look back through history and determine how that happened, but damn, that's crazy. Um, it was going to be a squash. Yeah, inaugural women's championship match. Is uh, something going on in New York? Everything's going on in New York. Have oh, you yeah, seen the right. news lately? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, <laughs> everything's going on here. Uh, it's hot over here. Um, the be the main event is the most the main event is weird to me well for a lot of reasons because roman and triple h didn't really need to happen roman had been made 3 years in a row in the main event of wrestlemania <laughs> like he'd been made already this. let me ask you this let me ask you this and this takes you back to wrestlemania 31 right. because Triple H beat Sting. Yep. The reason why he beat Sting is because on this WrestleMania, Triple H was supposed to face The Rock. Yep. Do you think Triple H still goes through the whole WWE Championship thing if he faces The Rock? Absolutely not. I I, I do think we get... You also have to remember, Seth was injured. He injured himself in October. Mm-hmm. And if, if it wasn't going to be The Rock, it, it probably would have been Seth. Right. Well, no. If if but if it was The Rock, do you think it would have been The Rock versus Triple H for the WWE Championship? Absolutely not. I, th- I think we would have got the the Shield Triple Threat that we got later that summer. Hmm. Hmm. I think it would have been the Shield Triple Threat. Dean was at his hottest. Remember, it was Dean and and uh, it was it was Dean and Triple H at the end. I think you would have just had. I don't think you would have done the, the the title being defended in, in the Rumble at all at that point. But um, I do think that you you would have had Seth drop the title or keep the title uh, at that time, and mm-hmm. then and then move on to to Mania to do that triple threat, and then have Roman get the revenge for the cash in. It's it's weird because legitimately, I mean, you look at the card itself. The Rock literally competes the match before. I mean, it's barely a competitive match. It's six right? seconds. It's six seconds, but. He decided, eh, I'm going to do it anyway. After the whole kind of news of that, like, the match was called off because 
of what happened at previous WrestleManias where The Rock kind of injures himself having these matches. It's very, it's an insurance thing with all his movies and all the thing coming up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I'm always interested in terms of what would have actually went down with that entire ordeal. Would, the, would, would it have been The Rock versus Triple H? I could see it happen. I, I say that, I ask this question because I could see it happening based on how things have happened moving forward. How we've had Brock versus Goldberg for the Universal Championship. Right. How we currently have, um, there's another WrestleMania featuring two part-time guys. I mean, th- all these are the things where they've been, the part-time guys have been like, okay, let's bolster this main event with the championship. Let's let's go all in on this. We need to fill up 100,000 people. Let's go all in. They did it last year with Ronda, Charlotte, and, and Becky with both championships. Um from both brands let's go all in so i could say i can see it happening um whether it would have happened no idea we'll never know would you have wanted to see triple h versus the rock do you think it could have been a good match considering what we talked about last week and how triple h is now i think i'm just had i think we've got to talk about this espn airing wrestlemania 30 um i went back in and watched uh Triple H versus Brian, and I think that run of him for the past couple of years, barring those Saudi Arabia matches, I think that he he understands what these types of fans want to see now. They want to see more spectacle. It would have been a lot of BS, and and uh, they've never really years. had a bad match, to be honest with you. I think Triple H at, at this age, Rock. at this age, you think they could have pulled it off? You know what? Yes. Okay. I think so. I think neither of them are decrepit. Neither of them, they're both pretty still athletic and still can kind of move in the ring. And they kind of understand the psychology of this, especially going last. I think it would have got some flack if they had been like, oh, it's Triple H versus, you know, The Rock in the main event. Have they learned nothing from CM Punk? Um, but I think in the end, it probably, it might have went down. And I think it would have been a good match. I think it would have been a fair match. People love The Rock. People can hate Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. It would have been something like, what 12 years later damn this match went down you know what i could have saw it yeah so after this uh well of course obviously triple h and roman reigns uh main event at this in a 27 match that was getting literal booze and boring chants because people were i didn't watch it i didn't even watch it live to be honest with you really <laughs> i had it on in the background at that point i think it started like 11 o'clock yeah it, like, was 30, it, was, it ended that show ended like 11 45 yeah, it started like at 11 o'clock. I was like, bro, I don't got time for this. I'm still exhausted from The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no pause, but like, I'm still. <laughs> that, that, I think that segment actually went over time because he he had Ronda out that time, didn't he? No, no, no. This was the time The Rock had a flamethrower and he had a big thing with The Rock. And then John Cena comes out to help save him from the Wyatt family. Right, right, right. And right. They, have a, they have a little thing thing there. So, yeah, it probably went over. But it's The Rock. Like, you going to tell him not to go over? Oh, what a mark. Uh, so, after this uh, <laughs> happened, Roman did win the title. He went on to have two months of really great matches with AJ Styles. And then tragedy struck in June. Uh, he lost the title to the returning Seth Rollins, who was then cashed on by Dean Ambrose. Obviously, we would find out uh, a day later after that, Roman Reigns had been uh, hit with a wellness policy violation, which made more sense, but also made a lot more sense when you, th- you think about uh, the fact that there was going to be a draft that August. Uh, he would, they, We would eventually get that, that Shield triple threat match uh, where Dean Ambrose was. Very would underwhelming. It, it I think really it, was. No, I- it's just like, why then? Why there? That's what I want to know the story of. Why then and there? Why not get an actual? They had you know to what? remember you had to do it because they were splitting Dean off to SmackDown. Right, one hundred percent. I mean, they didn't have to do it, but yes, they eventually ended up doing it. I think we'll still get it in the future. Maybe a triple yeah. threat match between those guys again. I think yeah. we will get it in the future. Yeah, I think it'll be better. I think at the time in 2016, 
all that triple threat did was kind of show how good Roman was. I think this was the start yeah, of how far everyone has kind of come. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how not far Dean was at the time. Cause it was really the Roman uh, Seth show and that triple threat match. But um, yeah, we, it leads to the, the brand split and to the era that we have right now. So that, that's why I want to talk about the WrestleMania moment because it of course leads us to the brand split that we have now between these shows that they've been trying to, to keep up for the past four years and uh yeah to two varying results i'll say but uh really quick the shows smackdown your feelings on it i have to remember what happened here hold on oh <laughs> i'm my legitimately God. scrolling back on the youtube um <laughs> smackdown had, on this show it, first it, it, of all it, it, wwe's youtube i mean talk about a, a cure for you know being at home they were uploading everything they're uploading. They got Razor versus Sean. They got John Bradshaw Layfield versus John Cena. They got Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar. They got mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio versus Edge. Triple H versus Brock Lesnar. AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens. I mean, they've got everything here. Eddie versus Kurt. Um, kind of like everything right here. So if you're if you're into the the page, you know, please subscribe to WWE's YouTube page. I they, know they, paid for. They ran back um, Wyatt versus Cena from WrestleMania 30 on SmackDown. And I thought that it was a lot better than I remembered. Really? I thought it was boring, man. Definitely it, was, it was a lot better than I remember. It was more storytelling than anything. I, I think that obviously the story that they're going to tell in two weeks is going to be a lot different. But And it was very sloppy at the end. I'm not going to lie. I thought it, it aged terribly just from a standpoint of like it didn't end up being like the match went too long for what it actually was supposed to be, which was like John Cena teetering between does he embrace the hate and fall under Wyatt's thing or does, or in succumb to what Wyatt pretty much said that he is the entire time or does he maintain his own thing? And I was just like, we really needed like, how long does this match go? Like 25 minutes to tell this damn story. <laughs> it was 20 minutes, 20, 21, it, 22 minutes. It went long. That's all I can say. And I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy watching it on SmackDown. I didn't enjoy watching it on Sunday. I didn't enjoy watching it. Um, with that said, 22 minutes. Goddamn. Um, I, I thought the um, I thought the Reigns uh, Goldberg thing was short and sweet. I really enjoyed that as well. Cool. Um, cut, 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 cut. What? <laughs> no, did you hear? You didn't hear Kevin Dunn in the background after no. it was all in? No. He kept it in. You could hear the director at the end of the segment saying, cut, cut, That's cut, what cut. that was. I was like, who's, is someone yelling? I was like, what, yeah. what's going on? Well, if, there are various per, various points at these performance center tapings where I'll, you'll hear like something like crash over. <laughs> yes, especially when Raw, when, when Randy was talking, I heard a chair fold or something like that. And I was like, this is so great. Like, <laughs> this is so ghetto. <laughs> uh, so, um, something else was announced uh, on SmackDown, which would be Drew Gulak versus Shinsuke Nakamura next week. And the winner of that would, uh, if, if Drew wins, it, we, we would see uh, Daniel face Sammy at uh, WrestleMania. I do believe that's probably going to happen, so I, I can't wait for that next week. But they had a really I great. Imagine it couldn't happen. <laughs> they had a really good tag match as well. They got some time with uh, with Cesaro and Nakamura. Really enjoyed that as well. Um, Let me tell you what I hated. Gronk. Gronk. Yeah. <laughs> Gronk. Could he be any more of white guy? <laughs> Just white guy. Like that's what he is to me. Um, Gronk is kind of a lot. You realize that, Mo, it's, you know, Mojo kind of tones it down because I'm pretty sure at some point in the WWE, someone told him less is more. Gronk does not subscribe to that theory at all. Man, come out gyrating, swishing yeah. hips. I that think weird he, dance. I don't know. Yeah. All types of other stuff. And they're trying to sell this Corbin and Elias match. I'm just like, no, 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 no. This isn't going to work. Um and then we also had a nice. I mean, if you like Miz and Morrison, they're always great. <laughs> Every they're, tag team, they are always great. And and I think that for like you said, from the moment that this uh, 
crowdless show stuff started, they've been on 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 one as far as relaying that to the to the audience and letting them know that even though there's no one there, we're going to continue our shtick and we're very well aware that there is nobody here. So I enjoyed that as well as the the more storyline with Otis and, and Ziggler. I'm, I'm sure that'll be paid off if not at Mania on uh, SmackDown proper. Big ass crying. Um, he was Sasha, he was bawling crying too. Like he was big old smell like damn salami. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see, uh, women's championship. I didn't think we'd get it on WrestleMania. To be honest with you, I thought it was just going to be not going to happen. Well, if Becky's um, going to do it. They might as well have. Uh, might as well have them do it. Paige pulled up via what Zoom? <laughs> she pulled up via FaceTime. <laughs> After it was like, oh, we couldn't get her on the show this week. And then it's like, oh, we're going to try to get her next week. And then she shows up via like, <laughs> Uvu. Um, <laughs> and she shows up and she announces a match. And I'm just like, wait, we still doing that? But she announces a match. It's going to be a, I guess, a five fatal five way now um, between the women of SmackDown, excluding Carmella and Dana Brooke now. Yeah, um, well. It's I would it. imagine Carmella's probably in her bunker with Corey Graves with conspiracy theories. So that's probably. I mean, I hope they're that. quarantined at this point. Um, well, Corey yeah, showed up saying. on the uh, Corey showed up on one of the tape shows, right? One of the yeah. No, well, he's still he, doing the, he's still doing the podcast too. So maybe he tested negative. Who knows? Yeah, um, I, I would hope so. Uh, so prayers out to them. Whatever's happening. Yeah, I did. You know, this is all uh, this is all speculation. I don't want to, you know tell anyone that they got coronavirus and they actually don't um uh, but it's going to be a fatal i just want to say fatal five way between naomi um gosh sasha banks tamina jesus um <laughs> they must have saw ba- bailey backing up that's why they all <laughs> <laughs> tamina damn now i can't even remember what the hell it, the other woman was. a bunch of a bunch of a bunch of people in the match that won't matter other than three of them all right well yeah it's either Sasha or Bailey or Naomi show. We'll see what happens though. Um, Raw. Shooting over to Raw. Much improved from last week's Raw. Um, really enjoyed it. I also, like I said earlier, really enjoyed the match choices that they had this week for the flashbacks. Uh, we got to see from Royal Rumble 2015. We saw Lesnar uh, versus Rollins and Cena for the WWE Championship. Uh, and we saw Charlotte versus Asuka from uh, the WrestleMania 34. Really, really huge matches. One of my, some, two of my favorite matches uh, of, of the past couple of years. We also got a really good tag match between Angel, Garza, and Andrade versus Cedric Alexander and Ricochet, who looks like literally a uh, Nintendo Me character now with, with, <laughs> with no <laughs> facial hair. What is he thinking? I, I don't know what's going on with my man's, yo. I don't know what's going on with him anymore, yo. Listen, I'm just gonna shut up. <laughs> I don't like Finn ain't never did nothing like this. Oh wow. Okay. Finn well, ain't never did nothing what? like this. Listen, Finn, Finn and Ricochet, I'll let you know. Very different guys. Very different guys. Yeah, as Finn far as on the totem pole. Like like yeah, Finn yeah. was Finn was getting it. Finn barely ever lost on TV. Let's be let's keep it a hundo. He only lost oh, the big really? No, I'm not gonna keep it that of a hundo. That hundo is <laughs> that hundo. hundo. Is, he barely lost. It's a warped, it's a warped mindset. Hey, he, he got the squash off on SummerSlam. So I, hey, that's that's what a ricochet about to do. I mean seven I mean, stars. Maybe ricochet, only person may, is seven maybe, stars. Maybe Ricochet needs to put on a principal outfit when he gets really mad. I don't know what to say. Uh, Either way, he's still a hell of a competitor and a hell of an athlete. Um, And they did a really good job against uh, Andrade and Angel Garza, who got the win, of course. Uh, I really was annoyed by the profits here (laughs) on commentary. You know what? I didn't listen to them. <laughs> there were, there were, there were times have. there were times when it felt as though Montez was trying to purposely be quiet and silent to a point where I couldn't hear him and then they ramped up the the loudness as the match went on and I was like what the hell is going on with these two they're pretty annoying sometimes they're just black man yeah they just blow, you know no it's not cuz they're black I, I think it's just cuz they, they just blow so extra you need to shut well, the hell up. on the stake. You know you what I'm saying? When, yeah. when Angel Garza taking them pants off, bye. Yeah, listen. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, why, is, Charlie, is, gonna is, is Charlie going to, like... Is, Make is, a move? Yeah, is she, is she going to shoot a shot, or what, what's she doing? I don't know. I'm interested. And that actually happens. 
Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Got, a, got a really weird and stilted AJ Styles promo also. Uh, they need to script him a lot more. I think there's some people that don't need to be scripted at all. <laughs> they need to script AJ Styles a lot more. Listen, he's just AJ Styles. He's just some Southern dad um, who hate, happens to hate this other dad who brought up. I mean, the tiger now is. is I hadn't seen that. I had not seen that. You have not seen that at all? Get I out. hadn't seen it. Uh-uh. I hadn't seen all of the hubbub about it on social media over the weekend. No. Oh, my God. What a great photo. <laughs> it's all great, I'll say. Great video, it's classic, too. It's a classic Undertaker photo, classic video. Michelle's face is tuned up crazy. But um, <laughs> it's a, it's just a great moment entirely. I'm, I'm glad to see it. I wonder, so is he bringing back the dead man taker or is it just because i'm just feel like undertaker is just gonna beat his ass it's not gonna he, actually be he's pulling match. up he's pulling to the boneyard and undertaker's gonna have some blue jeans cowboy boots and a wife beater on and they just gonna go at it <laughs> i dig it southern dad versus southern dad with a, with a confederate belt yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm weak <laughs> Uh, I mean, honestly, the, the biggest strength of these Raws, and it has been since they started doing the uh, the fan-excluded uh, episodes, is the promos. And I thought there were two very strong promos this week. Uh, one from Seth Rollins, who I have never heard him this motivated in a very oh, nah, long time. He, he's never bodied anyone on the mic like he yeah. did last night. And no, shout out to KO for not for not interrupting him, but actually letting he him try it. I, I love I love the pan of the camera. This is another thing that these shows are doing. They're allowing them to do some really cool camera work that you wouldn't be able to do if there was a crowd. But they he, he circles the ring, and I thought that was cool. Circled him like a yeah. shark almost. And um, right. I, I I love the points that he made. Also, love you couldn't the beat me at my best. And so, how do you even think you could challenge me at WrestleMania, the place that I've made history multiple times? Like, how dare you? I you weren't even on the card last year, homie. Yeah. What you doing? Like, yo, that was a fact. <laughs> that was a big ass fact. <laughs> what are you doing, baby? My man returned the month before, and they kept him off the card. Ugh. And he was bad times people. for mm. yeah, bad times for KO. Bad times. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, you also had an Alistair Black uh, squash, of course, keeping him strong for Bobby Lashley. I, I again, I do enjoy that they're adding these random matches to the card. I mean, what better time to just do these matches and throw them out there than now? Uh, you got two, you got two good performers. Just let them go at it and and see what happens. So, uh, I thought, I thought, I thought uh, at this point in the show, it was a brief little promo. I thought Shayna Baszler got clapped on live television. I was just like, what the fuck, <laughs> Shayna? Can we talk about this promo? <laughs> She's bad. Is she okay? <laughs> no. She's not okay. She is not good. She is like, she's worse than not okay. She is not good. <laughs> she was talking like it was like a 1987 anime. Like that was someone who was scripted heavy. It was like, oh, yeah. no, she would say this. But I don't um, even know if you can like not script her at all. You know, like no, you can't. She's supposed to be a bully. She's supposed to be Roger Klotz in the flesh. Like, she's supposed to be that type of person. Like, and then it's also like, eventually, over time, she's going to have to evolve as a character. So she's going to have to eventually break out of that. And she's also going to have to explore kind of like, really get in the depth of like who, what Shayna Baszler actually is. Um, So it's interesting to see how long this will actually continue. But man, what the fuck was she talking about? (laughs) I don't even know. I, like even Charlie was like, "Can I just go back to Angel?" Angel's uh, like, and then Becky up? came in with the chair from the dark, and I'm just like, I heard a gunshot. I was like, "Oh, they shooting!" Bow. Um, Are you bow? Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> like Soldier Boy? Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, so yeah, funny. It, 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 I think you had two really good promos, and then you had to offset it with two like middling to average ones, and and that was the balance that you had. But I mean, overall, Raw again, they're back on their streak of having pretty good shows. Yeah, you um, talking about Randy's promo? Oh, I got to it, but you 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 talked about the Shayna thing, and yeah, Randy, uh, Randy's promo was was again next level uh, in a lot of ways. I, I, I'm honestly tired of these two just talking about it. It's, it's to that point with me where I'm just like, okay, they can just get to the match now. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to see anymore. Do a promo, do a video promo next week. Um, do something, but oh, let's get oh, to the actual match. 
best believe next week will be full of video promos and uh, oh, yeah, video packages. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Like, we're going to see all types of WrestleMania rematches and Mania moments on this show next week. So, I look forward to it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. Yeah, that's it for uh, this week. Uh, we are... Big Show show? Big Show got a Netflix show. Did you see I, that? I, I I just can't. I saw him, like, being surrounded with by white children when he was in his leotard. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> it's a... It looks like something that's gonna be, that should have been on Disney, but this didn't make. I it. mean, I'm nah. I'm I. I know. I don't even know if I'll watch this. Nah, I probably won't. We should. You watch Miss and Misses. You can watch this. Miss and Misses is a delight. Miss and Misses is a privilege to watch. I don't know about the big, big the big show show. No, a name like that. No, Netflix just handed out bags, um, and and we taking them. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah. Big show, show. <laughs> that's Netflix. all I got. That's all I got too. Um, in case you guys don't know, uh, we are going to be doing our prediction show next week. We will probably have some also quarantined guests as well to talk about the WrestleMania card, uh, yes. and and we'll be in the house doing that. So if you're expecting a show review. Don't respect the show review next week. Um, no, but we're going to we, we're, we're not reviewing <laughs> recap yeah. shows. Um, but it's going to be a huge prediction show. So you know how these are WrestleMania prediction shows go. They're going to run a bit a little bit long. So if you're in the house, you need something to listen to. We're going to be hitting you with the all of the WrestleMania predictions next week on our show. Um, until then, follow us at RNC Radio Live for all of your latest and greatest in RNC Radio news. Make sure you subscribe to our channel, The A Show RNC. Leave us a comment. Give us five stars. And please subscribe for all of the, all of our shows, such as this show right here, Spot Callers with Cyrus, and also The War Report with Cyrus and MJ. They will be talking about their plans going forward, uh, talking about the TakeOver Tampa card that will probably be announced tomorrow on the show. Uh, as well as what's going on with Blood and Guts on AEW show uh, and where it's going to be and when it's going to be because it's not happening this week. So uh, until then, next time, we'll see you. For Meals, I'm Justin. Please be safe. Please, please, please stay in the house. And please, please, please do not go anywhere without washing your hands. Thank you. Happy Rusev Day. <laughs>